Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and today we're joined by my special guest, my mom, Toby. Hi, Mom. Hi, Molly, and hi, cat lovers. Really great to have you with us today. We're here to give you resources that will help you care for your cat better in ways that are more natural to their species, and it makes life more rewarding for you and for them, and of course, behavior-free. And why are we doing this podcast for free? It's because Cat Talk Radio is an outreach program of Cat Behavior Solutions, which is a nonprofit that's dedicated to reducing cat shelter surrender by correcting and preventing behavior issues in the home. And you can help keep us on the air. Go to our website, catbehaviorsolutions.org, and you're going to find a bunch of cool stuff, a blog, a resources page, link to past podcasts, and a donate button at the top where you can make a tax-deductible donation to help us further this information getting out to you. So today, we're going to talk about 34 things you do that your cat hates. Wow. Boy, that's a big list. And they're good things. They're not things, stupid things like poking them in the eyes and obvious (laughs) stuff. I think a lot of these are are good. I put together a a list. Mom is going to share with you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We're going to share this list together. It's a long one. Do you want to start out with the first one, Molly? Um. Sure. So, well, the, and and these are in no particular order. I might add. I, I just wrote these things, and uh, in no particular order. It's not like the number one thing you do that your cat hates. It's you know some are are more hateful than others. <laughs> <laughs> but um. But but the first thing I noted was don't use. Well, things you do. You use strong-scented things, and your cat hates it. And these are things like air fresheners, even perfumes, and especially heavily scented household cleaners, especially the ones that have citrus scent. Citrus is, is just repels cats. They hate it. And if you doubt that, you know, put some mm. citrus scent on a cotton ball and stick it in front of your cat's nose and watch it squint its eyes and recoil from you. But Tabasco has come down with some lung issues, some breathing problems, asthma, bronchial stuff, which really led me to research this recently. And, you know, my vets even recommend don't wear perfume around him at this point. Mm-hmm. And then recently, I just posted as a as a blog post, it's either blog or Facebook, about a new study that has come out on fire retardants and and particular ingredients in air fresheners and things that are put on sofas, you know, upholstery and carpets that, that are fire retardants that are thyroid disruptors. And the mm-hmm. spike we've seen in cat, you know, hyperthyroid issues is is huge. So 
um, find that blog, I would say, mm-hmm. but know that your cat's sense of smell is so great and so amazing that anything that, you know, if we go, oh, that smells good, I can smell it, trust me, it's overpowering to your cat. Wow. So, it sounds like maybe citrus could be a good cat repellent if there's something you don't want the cat near but boy that would make him crazy i'm sure actually you know i recommend one of the the humane deterrents that i recommend if you have outside cats and you may be experiencing some redirected aggression in the home or cat to cat aggression because they're seeing outside cats out there one of the humane deterrents is taking citrus peels orange peels lemon peels lime that kind of thing and putting it outside in the areas where those cats are entering your yard so mm. you're right it can be a good deterrent Although I don't recommend good. using it on your own cat because it nah. hates it. <laughs> yeah, don't don't rub it on his collar. <laughs> well, then this, the second point, Molly, that you've mentioned several times before is if we don't provide enough litter boxes. Yes, your cat hates it when you don't provide enough litter boxes. When you have multiple cats in the household, they are territorial by nature, and they will tend to silently guard resources from one another. And it and it's very subtle. Might just look like a cat lying, you know, leisurely in the middle of the floor, but your other cat has to walk around it to get to the litter box. <laughs> That's why you need to have one more litter box than you do numbers of cats. So if you have two cats, that's three litter boxes and you can't clump them all together in the same laundry room. They've got to be spread out throughout the house so that everybody has a chance to use a box whenever they want, regardless of someone feeling insecure and bullying in the territory. Hmm. So yeah, not providing enough litter boxes is important. And Molly, do you find that that a cat will pick a particular box and that will become his or hers? Sometimes. Um, sometimes that happens. Like one cat will say, I'm going to you know, predominantly use this box, you use that one. But mm-hmm. I find that they tend to share spaces more because they're, they are so territorial. If one cat goes in one box, the other cat's going to want to go in and, and cover that scent or layer that scent with their own. Mm-hmm. So typically multiple cats will use multiple boxes. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. And another one, you know, you said too that they really, this is number three, we're working through the list, uh, that they really don't like their litter boxes covered. We like them covered because we think that that will cut down on the odor. But they don't like that, do they, Molly? Right. So so you have covered litter boxes is something your cat hates. Um, and, and this, uh, goes back to number one. So if you cover the litter box for us, it's better because we don't see the pee and poop and we think it's icky when it's really just something very natural that cats do. And what's happening is even with the charcoal filters in the top, that litter box is concentrating the ammonia particles in the air inside the box. And if you have any question about that, stick your head inside that covered (laughs) litter box. Oh, no. (laughs) And I assure you, you're going to go, oh, that's terrible. And and if you can smell it that strongly, your cat is, it's it's just excruciating to, to its scent. So uncover those litter boxes. The other thing it does is if you have multiple cats, you're going to have territorial jockeying, whether they're displaying it in, in aggression or much more subtle ways. And 
If a cat goes into a covered litter box, it has no escape route if the bully comes up and sits at the door. It doesn't have any way to get out. So an uncovered litter box provides two escape routes also, mm-hmm. which is very, very, very important reason to uncover those litter boxes. That's right. It's like having two doors out of your house in case of exactly. a fire. Exactly right. like that. <laughs> and then number four, um, you know, there's, I guess the texture of the litter is important too. I mean, if it's sharp or something that feels bad on their feet, you want to avoid that. So what else can they get? Yes, you buy sharp or pelleted litter is something your cat hates. And that's because in in the wild, and I say that a lot because they still have a 96% DNA linkage to their African wildcat ancestors who were evolved in a desert climate. And they're used to peeing and pooping in sand. And so litter that that mimics the texture of sand is what they prefer to pee and poop in. Um, a lot of cats will just completely boycott the pellet litter altogether. Some cats will use it just because it's all you've provided. But what they like the best is real, real sandy texture. You can mm. actually use sand. It doesn't naturally clump if you like clumping litter Tidy cats makes uh, the, you know, an unscented. Again, make sure whatever you get that you're getting unscented litters, not scented litters. And tidy cat makes a good unscented one. And that's pretty, pretty fine. A lot of people use uh, pretty litter, which is good and fine. And if you like that and your cat likes it, that's great. Um, mm. World's best litter is, is pretty fine. I use sweet scoop which is not as finely granulated as some of the others, but I like it because it, it doesn't have any odors. It's biodegradable. It's all natural, those kinds of things. But yeah, um, and, the, and the, the, the clay litters, those are very sharp. They have little sharp mm. pieces in there. And especially if you have a declawed cat, that's really mm. not good for a declawed cat. They yeah. need to have super soft. We have a cat in the shelter right now that just refuses to go in any litter. So mm. we have a, a pad and a piddle pad in the litter box, and we're starting there to try to decipher what the issue might be. Was surrendered mm-hmm. for that reason for going outside the litter box. So mm. try Poor to baby. find his litter preferences. But I assure you, it's not going to be the clay litter that's typically <laughs> used in shelters. <laughs> Yes. Maybe something got in his box when he was little and came out of the litter and scared him. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> it works like well, that, then, Mom. <laughs> uh, well, then number five, um, you got to keep the litter clean. I mean, we like our potties clean, and I'm sure cats like to have their litter boxes clean. Right, right. You don't clean the litter enough. That's something you're doing that your cat hates. Your cat is very, very, very fastidious. Cats love things to be clean and orderly and on time. They're like drill sergeants in the army. And Mm -hmm. they want you to clean that litter a lot. So, I mean, at, at the very least, you need to be cleaning that litter box once a day, scooping it. I scoop mine three times a day, minimum. More if there's something particularly odiferous happening. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I keep a litter genie right there so it's easy. And then the sweet scoop is clumping litter. So I, I scoop it out and I toss it in the litter genie and 
goes down in the odor controlling bag and it and it keeps the odor down. But cats don't want to get in there and walk on their pee and poop any more than you want to sit on that public toilet seat mm. that has a smear on the rim. Mm. You know? It's the same, same thing. thing. So yeah. And I would think that's a that's dual benefit because by keeping the box clean, um, they're not it's not gonna smell bad to you either. You know, exactly. All the way around is great. And just build it into your routine. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, I got to scoop it two times a day. I don't have time for that. Well, make time for it. Make make it a routine. I do mine every morning when I feed him and then every evening at that third feeding so that I'm getting it, it twice a day. If I'm fostering cats and there's more than one, I scoop it more than than just that. And that's all the boxes, not not just one of them. They want all of them clean. Yeah. Well, that's we've just done five issues that take care of what comes out of the kitty. Now let's talk about what goes into the kitty that they don't like. So number six is they really don't like dry food, do they? Well, you feed dry food is what your cat hates. But mm. the cat may not hate it because there are a lot of cats or people say, my cat won't eat canned food. It only eats dry food. This is kind of a tricky one. Your cat hates it and it doesn't know it. So <laughs> it's eating dry food because it's full of carbs. And just like with people, carbs are addictive. So, you know, if you put down a bowl of macaroni and cheese or a bowl of steamed broccoli in front of me which do you think i'm gonna eat mom <laughs> i think i can guess all <laughs> <laughs> right oh, all day long <laughs> i'd be eating that mac and cheese uh, right yeah. so it, it's like that dry food is um while it might be something your cats like the flavor of and might be addicted to it's really a bad thing for your cat when you feed dry food if I say only feed dry food, about 25% of the cat's total diet. So if you're feeding your cat four times a day, you feed it three times canned food, and then once in the middle of the night with a food timer and you put the dry food in that, then that kind of becomes its little treat. And it'll go back to sleep and not wake you up early in the morning, by the way. So um, feeding dry food, you know, cats really only need two things. They need water and they need protein. And you don't find either of those in dry food. It's really mm. just, it, it's, it's nasty stuff. It's just filler. It's just carbs, empty carbs. So they make uh, good snacks. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or treats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You'll do it. Well, number seven, what happens when you leave the food out too long? Yes. Your cat hates it. When you mm-hmm. leave food out too long. So if you have canned food, after about, we say to leave it down for 30 minutes and then pull it up. Whatever is uneaten, pull up. But when you have a cat um, like Tabasco is a real snacker, nibbler. So he will go eat three or four bites and then kind of walk off and do some grooming and let that settle on his tummy and walk around a little bit. And then he'll come back, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, eat another few bites. So he's he's really a snacker. And um, if your cat's like that, you know, obviously leave it down. But after two hours, it'll start to grow bacteria. So you do you do want to pull it up. And dry food's the same way. Even dry food spoils after it's been sitting out. 
in the air. It does have a lot of preservatives in it, but it just, you know, it's not as good mm. as when it's fresh out of the bag. So you shouldn't, yeah. you shouldn't be um, free feeding them anyway. So don't leave the food out too long. Don't or leave the food spoil. Out too long. And then it'll start to smell. And they have really Weird. sensitive noses and they won't <laughs> like it. <laughs> they wow. hate, in fact. <laughs> oh, and that's when you think you have a picky eater. It's not a picky eater. It's just nasty food. Right. Well, that brings us down to number eight already. And uh, what happens when you feed them cold food? You pull that leftover can out of the refrigerator. They hate cold food. <laughs> <laughs> they like food because just like, you know, they want to do what's natural to them in the wild, which is I'm going to kill a mouse or a bird. And I'm going to eat it while it's nice and warm and juicy. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to wait till it gets cold. So they like their food that way. So when you take their food out of the refrigerator, let it sit at room temperature or float it in a warm uh, bath of water so that it warms it up. But at least get it to room temperature. Do not put it in the microwave because that will cook it. Mm -hmm. and that's not good for it. And when you open a can of food, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, the air touches the can, the inside of the can, and it releases a, a flavor, a mild flavor and, and smell in the food that cats can detect. So a lot of people will say, I feed my cat the first meal out of the canned food and I put the lid on it. You know, they sell all those pet food lids and I put it in the refrigerator and then the cat won't eat the second or third servings. And the reason is because there's a flavor that happens when that can is exposed to air. Hmm. So after you make the first serving, put the remainder of that in a little Tupperware or glass jar and put that in the refrigerator and then warm that up from there. That makes sense. Yeah. And then, but, and then number nine, we get down to when you give them milk, you always see people leaving milk out for kitties that are outside. They're not really crazy about that, are they? Um, they might be. Some cats will mm. drink milk, but again, it's kind of like the dry food. It's really bad for them. They are lactose intolerant. So they'll drink the milk thinking they like the flavor. And then, you know, five minutes later, they've got bad stomach ache and stomach cramping like people mm. who are lactose intolerant. So uh, it's a myth. You're not supposed to give your cat cow's milk at any time for any reason. They can do goat's milk, however. Hmm. So if you feel compelled to give your cat um, milk, then go get goat's milk and, and feed them that. Hmm. Again, I would, I would let it get to room temperature rather than feeding it to them cold, however. Yeah. And, hmm. and kittens, if you've got teeny tiny kittens you're fostering or something, goat's milk goes a long way for, for helping them get hydration and nourishment and things. Mm, that's good. And now number 10, boy, I wouldn't like this either, that if you don't clean the water bowl often enough, <laughs> I know, want my glasses clean. That happened to me right before we went on air. I, I keep a picture of I can't drink unflavored water. So I, I put Pedialyte packets in there and flavor the water and I had a picture of it and I didn't finish it yesterday and I was getting ready to come on air with you and I filled up a big glass of it and took three gulps and I thought, well, it smells a little strange today. And I go look in the pitcher and there's mold growing oh. in it. <laughs> ah. Well, that so. gives us a good, you know, a good indication of what can happen in the 
cats' balls too, right? Well, actually, even more so because when cats drink water, a bit of their saliva, like like backwash in the bottom of a beer can, right? A little bit of saliva <laughs> goes into the water, and cats' saliva have lots and lots of bacteria in it. So that bacteria starts to grow on the surface of the water bowl and you can feel it because you stick your finger and rub it in the bottom or the sides of the bowl and it's all slimy. Well, Mm. that's the bacteria growing in there and it grows fast. So you really have to scrub that water bowl at least daily. I I refill um, Tabasco's waters twice a day. I scrub it in the morning and refill it. And then in the evening, I dump whatever's in there and refill it, uh, scrubbing it once a day. And Mm. I keep my water bowls, by the way, not next to the food bowl because there's nothing natural about that. In the wild, they would never store their food next to a fresh water source or, or it will pollute the water. So I keep my water bowl up by the sink so that I remember to freshen it often Mm -hmm. and I scrub it out every morning when it's there next to the scrubbing tools and things like that. And um, that works best for both of us. So Mm -hmm. yeah, cleaning that water bowl, that's, that's a really big thing. You know, they don't, they're not wired with a whole lot of thirst drive because again, they, they evolved as desert cats. So they don't drink a lot of water. They get all their water from their prey. Well, if you're feeding them dry food, they're not getting any water from their food like they naturally would, and that's keeping them mildly dehydrated, and they don't have a strong desire to drink, so that ends up leading to, you know, urinary and renal issues later in life. So you've got to do everything you can do to encourage them to drink water. You can't give them too much water. So clean Mm -hmm. the water bowl. They hate it when you don't. Yeah, that might be the key right there. And and now uh, number 11. We're down to 11 already. Um, What about touching them in ways that they don't indicate that they like you know don't they give you little signals oh my gosh they give you big signals they you know first of all i always say to people don't pet a cat let the cat pet themselves Mm -hmm. so put your hand down with your fingers curled in so that you don't have long fingers out in their face and they'll smell your hand first And then they will rub you usually along the side of their face so that they can scent you to smell like them because they prefer (laughs) it when you smell like them. They prefer it when everything smells like them. That's part of that (laughs) territorial thing. (laughs) And then, and that's your sign that it's okay to touch me now. And then Mm -hmm. pet them, you know, on the head, around the ears, under the chin, sides of the cheek, under the collar, you know, a collar can feel begin to feel like a bra strap after a long sweaty day (laughs) and it feels good to scratch under it so scratch them under their collar they like that they don't always not every cat likes to be pet down the length of its back like a lot of people think oh kitties all like it when you scratch them at the base of their tail well not all of them Uh, some cats will turn around and bite you or smack you if you scratch them at the base of the tail so let the cat tell you what is okay they have lots of sensitive areas in their body. They they really don't like hugging. That is not something that a cat feels comfortable with. Not all cats are comfortable being held like a baby. You know, you, you flip them over on their back and kind of rock them like a baby in your arms. Some cats like that. Some some don't. And mm-hmm. And you've got to be very, very sensitive to what's too much for your cat. You know, I I get calls that say, 
my cat bites me when I pet him. And I said, well, explain to me what's going on when that happens. Tell me exactly where the cat is, exactly how you're touching it, how long, how you're stroking it, what's going on. And they say, well, the cat will come up and sit in my lap and I, and I pet its head and then I pet down the whole length of its body. And after about the fifth time, the cat turns around and bites me. Hmm. Okay, well, there's your answer. Stop it for. Right? <laughs> Stop me it. That I'm getting overstimulated by this petting and I, I don't, you're doing it either too fast or too hard or too much or too long down my whole body. And, you know, I'm, I just came up to sit in your lap. Why are you keep petting me so aggressively like that? <laughs> so be sensitive uh, to how much is too much. Mm. Well, then... Do they they really don't like it when you go to pick them up either, do they? That's number 12 on your list. Right. Picking them up. Mm-hmm. Cats really hate it when you pick them up. It's not natural to them. You know, some cats will tolerate it better than others. But it when you pick them up, somebody um, circulated here recently, one vet, did a, a blog on how to hold a cat, and he demonstrates the football hold and some things like that, which, by the way, there's a couple different ways to do it other than what he shows. But what he never shows is the cat's back legs being supported. And it's the number one thing you have to do. So when you pick up your cat, usually you pick it up under its chest and maybe under its belly, and then you get it up into your arms and you put your your hand and your arm under its bottom and back legs so that it kind of has something to sit on while you're holding it. Because if a cat's back legs are dangling, it feels like it's falling and it's going to reach out and claw you because you're the closest thing to grab onto. So always support your cat's back legs if you feel like you have to pick it up. But the other thing is when you're picking it up, especially as you're reaching under, grabbing it by the chest, it puts a lot of pressure on their lungs and their stomach and their whole digestive system. And it just doesn't feel good to them. Think about how it would feel if someone picked you up by your midsection and all your weight was was in there. It's it's just, you know, sit down mm. and let them get in your lap, but pick them up yeah. rarely and, and at a minimum. A lot of cats like to get up and ride around on your shoulders and that's okay. That's not picking them up, you know, mm-hmm. but um, if you're going to pick them up, you know, pay attention. Are you getting signals that this is uncomfortable for your cat? And whatever you do, make sure you're supporting those back legs. That's very mm-hmm. important. Yeah. And then if they are giving you those signals, put them down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> have to put them down. Yeah. <laughs> well, number unlucky 13 Mm-hmm. is I don't like this one either when you take them to the vet yeah cats hate it when you take them to the vet and that's because um, bad things happen at the vet <laughs> <laughs> just like you know we put off scheduling our annual physicals because we don't want to have to give the blood draw and do all this stuff and you know it's uncomfortable you got to get on the scale boy I hate that part Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's just not a a pleasant experience it's not how you would choose to spend your day and it's not how your cat chooses to spend his day 
So, you know, even if your cat is comfortable getting in a carrier and going to the vet, once they get there, they're like, whoa, here we are in this place that smells like a bunch of other cats and dogs and stuff. And the odors are strong and it's it's loud and there's people here poking and prodding on me that I don't know. And it hurts. And, you know, it's pretty much then you take them home and the next thing you know, they won't get in the crate again. So... Uh because I associate that crate with with going to the vet. You can classically condition them out of wanting to go to a vet. I have blogs on making it easier for your cat to go to the vet also, which can help you with some of those things. So check that out in the medical section of the blog on catbehaviorsolutions.org. But yes, they Mm -hmm. hate it when you take them to the vet. Yeah, and you got to do it. You can't let that be the excuse for not taking them. You know, just got to go to Molly's blog and figure out ways to make that less terrifying for them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's like 60% of cat owners or something huge don't take their cats to the vet at all. And Mm. it is important that they go because just like with us, you you can detect early disease and catch some things while they can still be treated. Um, So they got to go. You know, you you just got to bite the bullet and... And do it, and you got to make that experience as as comfortable as possible for them and you. And then, you know, in con- conjunction with that, kind of, is number 14, where they don't like going on car rides. This is no fun, is it, for them? No, and... and- you know, a lot of people are like, I'm going to take my cat on an adventure. I'm going to load him up and take him to the ice cream shop. Well, they're not dogs. So mm-hmm. cats are very, very, very territorial. You know, and you think of, oh, well, guard dogs are territorial. Well, that's different. Cats are really territorial. And the minute you pull them out of their territory, they begin to get insecure. And and that's not good for a cat. It's not good physically or emotionally because you're attached to that situation as well. And you don't want your cat to become afraid of you. Now, Tabasco has been driving back and forth with us from Dallas to Santa Fe since he was a kitten. And you would think if any cat would like car rides, it's him. He makes that trip, oh, at least four to six times a year and doesn't have any trouble with it. But, you know, it's not his favorite thing to do i can still tell when we get in the car he doesn't cry he doesn't pee on things he doesn't do stuff like that but it's just like uh, i'm not liking this a lot you know this isn't this isn't what i would choose to be doing today if i had a choice but so, this too this too shall pass i'm sure right. that goes through his head <laughs> i hope so because I, I hate making him uncomfortable but yeah they don't they don't like car rides. If you need a pet that likes to go on car rides, you should probably get a dog because yeah, they're far more adventurous and they love to please you and be with you and go new places and have dog friends where that's not that's not a cat. Right. And and their cat's not going to want to stick its head out the window and drool all over the side of the car either. <laughs> <laughs> no, straight- it's going to want to stick its head out of the window and then its shoulders and then its body and then it'd be out, gone out of this car. But the, I strangely had a cat one time, Molly, I think you remember, and she really loved car rides. She would stand on the passenger seat and put her feet up on the dashboard and look at everything as it went by. But that was really rare. rare. That was a very rare kind of kitty to have. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. So now we're on to 15. Now we've gotten the car- cat out of the house. 
Now let's go in the house and say, what happens when you have visitors come over? Do they like that? Nope, they hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's somebody that they know. Now, you know, cats, they're cats that are very adventurous and they go up to new visitors and they smell them and they rub on them so that then now the visitor smells like the cat and, you know, they they welcome new people and, you know, Tabasco's um, among those. But any visitor coming into their home is something foreign coming into their territory. So they really don't like it. If you, and hate might be a strong word here, but they really, they probably do hate it when you have visitors. They would prefer that their house be the normal routine, you, the cat, the other household members it knows, and everything just happen on routine and schedule every day, day after day, and it be like that, predictable. Your cat will love that. So visitors are out of the norm and break routine, and that is something that your cats hate. And I've, I've known people, too, that were commonly uh, visitors come in the house and the cat will run away and hide and go to a safe place. And the owner will go fish them out and literally kind of force them to become acquainted to whoever's new in the house as a temporary person. That sounds really bad. Yeah, that's not, you don't want to force your cat into an uncomfortable situation. Mm-hmm. You, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got a frog today. It's because oh. I couldn't drink any water. It was all moldy. <laughs> <laughs> frog, frog, frog radio today. <laughs> um, yeah, the cat, you know, cats, you don't want to pull them out and shove them in someone's face. And that's it, just making your cat uncomfortable. Let it, let it come out and explore visitors if it wants to. And if it's more comfortable hiding because it's, it's fearful for some reason, let it hide. That's okay. Yeah. And now we're done to 17. We're halfway there. Now this one making loud noises. Actually, I know I hate that. You skipped <laughs> over 16, but we can go back and do that one. Oh, I did. Oh, man, I'm sorry. So we'll go, we'll go with making loud noises, but your cat hates it when you make loud noises. Just like their, their sense of smell, their hearing is really, really much, much more intense and greater than ours. And so things that are loud bother them. And this is talking, yelling, fighting, you know, TV, music too loud, all those things. Slamming doors. Are- Right. Slamming doors, throwing things, you know, anything that makes a loud noise is uncomfortable for a cat's ears. Um, So try to keep a quiet, calm household for your cat. Yeah. Well, you know, we had a good thing with noises going on, but we're going to have to back up one um, that, you know, trying to give them medications, pills, that kind of thing. I don't like it. I'm sure cats don't like it. Right. Your cat hates it when you give, when you medicate them. Yes. Mm. Usually the medication tastes bad and it doesn't want it. And that's the main reason it hates it. And it's different and you're holding them weird and things like that. So of course, if you can grind up pills and put it in their food and they'll still eat, that's the way to go. And if not, they make uh, pill pockets. Greenies Mm -hmm. makes a pill pocket. Um, I haven't personally had to use those, but I hear that that they're very good. You can get what's called a pill popper. So mm-hmm. it's kind of looks like a little syringe and you put the pill on it and you open the cat's mouth and pop it into the back of the throat and then rub their throat, make sure they swallow. 
Tabasco is just the worst. It, he, he acts like he's swallowing. He sits there. His mouth is closed. And he's like, okay, I swallowed it. And you walk away. And that evening, I'll find that dang pill spit out on the floor. <laughs> he's really good at sticking it in his cheek or something and then spitting it out when I leave. Oh. <laughs> Poor baby. Well, now we, we jumped over the loud noises to 18. And this is kind of in the noise category. I know something else they hate is the vacuum cleaner. Yes, they hate it when you run the vacuum cleaner. And a lot of that is the noise, but a lot of that is just the size of it. There's this big thing that's making a loud noise and it's coming at me. Now I've seen videos of cats that love the vacuum cleaner. You know, they want to they want to bite at it, they want to chase it, they think it's a game. Um, so not all cats hate the vacuum cleaner, but as a rule of thumb, cats hate the vacuum cleaner. And don't, you know, don't be funny and try to scare them and chase them around the house with the vacuum cleaner wand or things like that or, you know, put it in their face. Again, all those things are frightening for a cat and will erode the relationship you have with your cat. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. But you got a vacuum. So, you know, maybe you lock the cat in a room with the door closed and vacuum and then put him in another room and vacuum and that kind of thing. So he doesn't have to come in direct contract with it. If you notice, he's afraid of it. Well, we see a lot of videos of him riding the Roomba. Maybe that's <laughs> one of the, but they don't make a whole lot of noise. So I think they can tolerate those a little better. I would and imagine. That, those cats may be <laughs> medicated. Yeah, <laughs> That's possible. <laughs> Okay, and then again in the noise department, you know, number 19, we always remember the old thing about who's going to bell the cat to so that we know where they are and a little, you know, alert the birds, but they're not real crazy about that, are they? Well, they don't like it when you give them a noisy collar. So mm -hmm. for me, I prefer to have all my cats belled um, because... I don't step on them that way because <laughs> they are very quiet and stealthy and they tend to follow you around and you don't realize they've followed you and you turn around and walk and you're stepping on them. So I, I don't want to hurt them. So I do, I put a quiet bell or if you have two tags that just make a little bit of noise, um, but it is against their nature. They don't like a bell because they're used to stalking quietly and sneaking up on their prey and being very quiet. So they really don't like it. I bought a collar for Tabasco that had a, it's kind of a roundish leather collar and it has his name and my phone number in a circular thing that slips onto the collar so it's not a tag. And, mm. and that seems to work better. But if I don't know where he is, I, I can very easily step on him. But you don't want a collar that's got like really loud bells and, and noises and things yeah. like that. They they really don't like it, no. Hmm. And then, okay, number 20. I'll bet you they hate this. Bringing in another cat. <laughs> yeah. People get these wild notions that they're going to take their cats on play dates. <laughs> and there's just you know, way too much. I mean, they're territorial. So whoever, you know, even if you're meeting on a neutral ground, they're territorial and they're like, oh my gosh, we got to fight over this territory. And if you bring a cat into someone, other cat's home, it's going to end up in a fight. There's competition over resources mm -hmm. and, you know, in a, and an area can easily get overcrowded with cats. So mm -hmm. nope, they do not like it when you bring in other cats. They nope. hate it. In fact, <laughs> 
<laughs> and I, I now number 21, I'll bet they hate this even more, is having dog visitors. Actually, you'd be surprised. They do not hate that more than bringing in other cats. Hmm. Bringing in other cats is probably the thing they hate the most out of all things you could bring in the home. You know, people, dogs, snakes, whatever. Another cat is going to piss them off more than anything. Because dogs, you know, they don't, they're not perceiving that dog as a potential threat to their territory or resources. Now, they may be perceiving that dog as a potential predator, Mm-hmm. which, you know, is going to make them very uncomfortable and hiss and defend itself or run and hide or things like that. But, but you know, once they realize a dog isn't going to hurt them, they'll usually relax and get along mm-hmm. just fine with the dog a whole lot quicker and faster than they will another cat. But as a rule of thumb, yes, they don't like other animals no. in, in their territory. Yeah, so if you feel like your cat really needs a companion... Maybe the dog is a better choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it really can be in a lot of cases. You know, you want to make sure you don't get a breed that is overly aggressive or prey-driven or things like that. And, um, in fact, we did a podcast. I interviewed one of the behavior people here at the at the Santa Fe Animal Shelter on how to introduce a canine into a feline household. And we give some pointers on how to do that and, and make mm-hmm. that happen successfully. So hmm. um, if, you, if you're thinking of getting a dog or have a new dog and having trouble getting your cat to calm down around them, find that podcast and listen to it. Yeah, I remember that one. That one was really good. Okay, number 22. You know, they hate something that sometimes I hate, but not all the time, is leaving them alone. Yeah, they really don't like to be left alone. You know, for all the talk I do of how solitary the species is, they they bond with you. They love their people, and they don't like to be left home alone. They get mm. bored as heck. You know, in the wild, they're hunting six hours a day, and they're out exploring and doing stuff in their territory. They're not going very far away to do all this stuff. So when you leave... It's like, oh, nobody to play with, nothing to do. So some things you can do is leave food puzzles. Again, this is when you can distribute your dry food in a food puzzle. That keeps them entertained and active. Leave music on. Classical music is is most suited for the range that they like to hear with most calming. But uh, you can leave TV. I think YouTube has a cat TV channel with birds and rodents and things like that. But keep them, keep in mind they... They really don't like it when you leave them alone. They miss you. Hmm. I don't think they become uh, as as stressed as dogs do. Sometimes I don't think they they don't really have a separation anxiety where they're going to tear up your sofa when you leave them. Usually, do they? Yeah, they do. I, I've do had they? several behavior cases, uh, separation anxiety behavior mm-hmm. cases, absolutely, where cats get just no, don't leave me alone. You know, they mm. get very frightened being alone and and extremely bored and and in those cases we've got to ramp up you know things for them to do you leave them Mm. little problems to solve while you're gone and Mm. and things like that and amp up the prey play when you are home to burn off some energy and 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 then in in extreme cases think about getting them a companion again if you can do a dog a smaller calm dog is probably the a good thing and maybe introduce a young cat depends Mm. on the cat and you've got podcasts that talks about how to do cat introductions too. Yes. So 
you know, if you are going to consider doing that, be sure to check out uh, Molly's podcasts or blogs, both of them, because and they're on, really good. And on the website, catbehaviorsolutions.org, if you just go to the main page and scroll down, there's a, a list of how-to and all the, the protocol mm-hmm. and procedures for introducing a new cat. Well, that brings us to 23, which is kind of like leaving them alone. Is You're there, but you ignore them. Yes. Boy, most bad behavior is rooted in attention seeking. <laughs> because <laughs> Just cats, like children. <laughs> exactly like children. You just think of your cat like a two-year-old and you got this figured out. So they, they want your attention. And when they want your attention, especially when they're hungry, um, they will do all kinds of things things to get your attention and they hate it when you ignore them which is why that's exactly what we prescribe for when they're doing something you don't like so anytime there's bad behaviors if you ignore it it's far more effective than any punishment measure squirting them with a bottle or yelling or rattling cans or things like that ignoring them is much much more effective because they hate it so much (laughs) but don't ignore your cat yeah, but that's really a good technique for, like you say, for bad behavior or trying to correct a behavior to just ignore them. That's that's easy, too. I think that's a lot less stressful for the owner than trying to create some havoc to punish them. Yeah, so, it's, good, it's good easy, tip. but it, it's not easy when it's 3 a.m., and they're yeah. clawing up the side of the bed and, you know, you're trying to institute the ignoring thing, but you got to get up at six to go to work and you're like, really? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's yeah. happening, there are blogs about that too, but <laughs> uh. <laughs> help you stop that. Oh, we got to stop that. Now, 24, boy, this should be obvious that they hate is getting wet. Yes, cats hate it when you get them wet. Now, on the rare occasion, I have people say, I'm showering and my cat comes in the shower to be with me. And that's probably a cat that just really, really, really doesn't like to be left alone because (laughs) they don't like water. They Mm. don't need a bath. Like, dogs need baths, but cats are very adept at bathing themselves, grooming. Their tongues have long, sharp things that are like brush combs. So they spend a lot of time licking themselves and brushing their own hair with their tongue. And, you know, they don't need a bath. And they really, really hate it when you get them wet. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that getting them wet is a good form of punishment. Because, again, people think, oh, I'm just going to get a spray bottle and spray the cat and with water and it will stop doing what it's doing. Well, yeah, it probably will stop doing what it's doing, but it's also going to associate you with that water bottle. And then it's going to be afraid of you. Next time you want to come pet the cat, it's going to, you know, squint and run because <laughs> it thinks you have a water bottle in your hand. Yeah, I think we've all tried that with our cats. You know, in the past, we didn't have all this great information, Molly, that you I were know. able to I get mean, us. There were, I, I even still have floating around the house a, a squirt bottle with Tabasco No written on the outside <laughs> of it. Because <laughs> I used to do it until mm-hmm. I realized, you know, that's eroding the bond that I have with him and that there are much more effective ways like ignoring him to get him to stop doing whatever it is he's trying to get my attention for. Mm. Now, 25, this is, this is a good seasonal thing because we're coming up on Halloween, but I don't think your cat is going to enjoy the costume you have in mind for him. 
<laughs> right. Cats hate it when you dress them up in costumes. You know, it, like I said, they're very fastidious. So they like things where they're supposed to be and how they're supposed to be. And if you ruffle their fur, you know, shove them in a costume and uncomfortable stuff that has their ears mashed down with hats or it's, you know, too tight or it's around their legs, which they hate. Oh, they hate that. <laughs> Some of them will sit there just because they think, you know, they're afraid that whatever, if they move, they're not going to be, they're going to get tangled up. But your cat really doesn't like you to dress them up in costumes. So, you don't know. do that. <laughs> and, you know, for not number 26, too, usually if you're mean enough to dress them up in a costume, you're going to want to take pictures and videos. But that's going to be making them do stuff they don't want to do. Not just wear stuff, but they don't want to do some of those things, do they? Yeah, so when you make your cat do something they don't want to do, whatever it is, and that could be, that should have been the one and only answer to this whole podcast. What does your cat hate? So when you make them do something they don't want to do, right? <laughs> I mean, that's in anything, no matter what it is. Cats need, you know, to be able to do what they want to do. So, and you know, if you're, if you're dressing me up in costume and you're taking pictures of them, the other thing to be aware of is flash, you know, that's their eyes are very sensitive and using flash photography on your cat, whether it's dressed up or not is, is something they hate. So take your flash off. Don't dress it in costume and don't make your cat do anything it doesn't want to, except go to the vet. You, you do have to mm -hmm. get him to the vet once a year. Otherwise, if he doesn't like sitting with you, then he's not a cat that sits with you. If he doesn't like being petted, don't pat them. Mm -hmm. You know, don't don't do things they don't want to do. You'll put them in uncomfortable situations. Yeah, and for all the dog people that are considering a cat and listening to these uh, posts, is is this should make you really aware how different cats are from dogs. You know, because dogs constantly want to please you. You know, that's more of their um, psyche. And cats, no, they don't want to please you. They really don't. So, you know, treating them differently. You can make dogs do things they don't particularly want to do if um, if you appear to, to be happy. We have a caller calling in on the answering machine. Oh, no. <laughs> wasn't someone there to answer it, so. <laughs> oh, well. Sorry okay. for that interruption. Yeah, well, we're not gonna we're not gonna dwell on dogs anyway. So let's move on. Yeah, this is cat talk radio. This is cat talk what radio. Hell? You went off on the deep end there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought you know you know to point out to anybody that has dogs that are listening to this and thinking about the cats to really emphasize how different they are. But then number twenty seven, boy, this is the same as me. They hate it when you wake them up, don't they? Mm hmm. They do. Even though cats don't sleep very hard, they take lots of cat naps during the day. And that's where that term came from, because they'll sleep, you know, 16 hours a day. If you have a senior cat, it'll sleep up to 20 hours a day. But they need those little naps because, you know, when they hunt, they do short bursts of energy, expel a lot of energy hunting, and then they sleep to regain energy. And then they get up, sleep, get up, sleep, get up. So they really don't like it if they're sleeping. Don't poke them or wake them up or decide it's time for a pet fest. You know, let them sleep. Let them get their rest. They yep. hate that. 
<laughs> they'll be up soon. They'll be up soon enough, right? Right. They're not in for eighteen hours. They're just going to sleep, maybe eighteen minutes. And then you know, number twenty-eight. This was one you pointed out that made me kind of, you know, puzzled about it. Um, putting sticky things on them. Right. They don't like sticky things. They don't like sticky things on their feet, which is why people sell those wide strip double stick tape that you put on your sofa to deter them from clawing. That's why oh. they won't claw because it's sticky. If you've ever taken a if, wrapping packages and you take a little strip of um, tape, like like tape that you would secure packages with, and you put it on your cat's forehead. <laughs> <laughs> and you watch it try to back out away from it. You know, they don't like things that are that are stuck to them. They particularly don't like sticky things on their paws. Yeah, no no sticky notes that say kick me or anything like we no. do to people. No, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> oh. And then number 29, when you're impatient with them, when you're frustrated or impatient with your cat, they really know that, don't they? Yeah, they they hate it when you're impatient with them because if you're impatient, they they are typically not doing something you want them to do, which is typically something they don't want to do. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, you get impatient and you usually get firm and your body language changes and your tone of voice changes and then the cat is confused and a little bit frightened and can't figure out, you know, why you're acting weird and impatient with them they're just being cats and they Mm -hmm. don't have the ability to communicate with you and tell you how they're really feeling and so you know be patient Mm -hmm. with your cat and be empathetic with your cat and sympathetic with your cat and observant with your cat and and notice what's going on Mm -hmm. kind of like you need to be with our spouses isn't it molly (laughs) right mom (laughs) Okay, number 30, which, you know, this has come up through several of these other points, is taking away their choices. And, you know, tell us more about their choices. What do they want? Yeah, cats hate it when you take away their choices. And that can be anything from as serious as putting them in a crate and not letting them walk around places they want to, to you know, um, not giving them, you know, food when they want to eat it or something like that. I mean, they've got to have choices, choice to interact with you. If you pick it up and demand that it's petting session time and it doesn't have the choice to get down, it's Mm -hmm. liable to, you know, use its mouth or claws to tell you that it wants to get down, that you're, you're being not right with it. So, they need to have choices. Choice is one of the 10 essential needs for cats. Hmm. So give them choices. You know, which, which I'm sure is, is giving them other places to go. You know, other, you know, territory for them. You know, cat trees, uh, you know, places to hide, that kind of thing. Is that yeah, part of it? Sure, that can be part of it as well. It'd be like locking a cat in a room or any closed door for mm-hmm. that matter. You've seen how cats are with closed doors. Like, what's behind there? What's behind there? <laughs> you know, they want to be able to explore, establish their territory. Um, they want to have the choice to interact with you or not. Mm. You know, when they want to, they want the choice to interact with your visitors or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they need they need choices like we do. Freedom of choice. Mm. Mm. That's we should write one. the cat it amendments. Is. 
<laughs> yes, I think so <laughs> or too. Or the cat constitution. <laughs> the cat constitution. We'll say well, freedom of choice. <laughs> right, but well, this is, is more of a, you know, a declaration of independence is what it is. <laughs> you know. And then um, when you, it's number 31, we're getting close to the end. When you are inobservant or you're just oblivious to them, that's kind of like ignoring them, isn't it? And they hate it. Well, no, this is different than ignoring them. So ignoring them is they're trying to tell you something. They're trying to get something. They want to do something. They'll have some attention-seeking behavior. But if you're not observant of mm-hmm. them, you're going to miss some really important things because they, they communicate in very subtle ways. So you're going to miss when they might be in pain or not feeling well or, you know, things like that. Or they're uncomfortable or they're giving you signs of fear or aggression. So you need to be really hypervigilant at knowing your cat, watching your cat, knowing what it wants, and knowing when it's different than the norm so that you can help fix it and, and get them what they need. So be, no. be observant to what's going on with your cat. Right. Now that, boy, that's way different than just ignoring them. That's just the opposite. So Right. Exactly. Good point. Yeah. And number 32, uh, you stare at them. Yeah. It must be weird. Your cat hates it when you stare at them. Now, some cats, like Tabasco, makes very intense eye contact, especially with me, and he'll stare at me. But it's important that you avert your glance first. Mm. If you hold a stare too long with a cat, it's considered aggressive because, again, these are subtle ways that they communicate with each other. If they're, if they're going to get into a territorial battle with someone, you know, that starts with staring. Hmm. And you can kind of tell if you have intercat aggression, like we did last week, where a cat is staring very intently at another cat, that's a confrontational move. Hmm. So when we work with the really shy and shut down cats in the shelter, we always say, don't stare at them. Look at them, look off to the side and kind of look at them out of the corner of your eye. Have your eyes cast down. Don't make direct, intense eye contact because they they read that as being aggressive. Hmm. Why that's interesting. And number thirty three, um, when you change things, I remember yeah. my mom used to rearrange the furniture all the time. <laughs> and and you my father. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying, my dad would come out in the middle of the night and fall over the sofa that's in a new place, things like that. I bet it's the same with cats, isn't it? <laughs> well, no, because they're really good at perceiving, you know, obstacles and they wouldn't come out and fall over it. But if you remember your mom's cat, Max, mm-hmm. Maximilian yeah. Sebastian Scott, the long haired uh-huh. white Persian, right. he would bite you. That cat was overstimulated and unhappy, and he would bite you. And he, that may be why, because things were constantly changing, changing in that poor cat's environment. <laughs> that's probably it. Because I can um, find, find the sofa, but that's not where I want it. Right? Yeah, they don't, they don't like change. So think about this. When they're in the wild, they have an established territory that's their own. They don't share it with other cats. And things happen in that territory at prescribed times every day. You know, sun comes up, the little mice start eating, you know, prey moves through at the same times. Things happen very predictable, and they like that. It makes them feel secure and comfortable and confident. 
And anytime things are changing, they're insecure in their environment. Mm-hmm. And, and that's dangerous. That can, that can lead quickly to behavior issues. Mm-hmm. So try to be sensitive to that and make things very set in routine, like mm-hmm. the times of day that you feed them, the times of day that you play with them, when you clean the litter boxes, stuff like that. The more routine you can establish into your cat's environment, the better. Mm, just makes me feel more secure. Mm-hmm. Your routine makes all of us feel secure, I think. I really do. And then the last one. This was a surprise, Molly, when you mentioned this, because you think they love it. You think they would just love laser pointer games. Yeah, they really hate laser pointer games. And the reason <laughs> is because there's nothing to catch at the end. So the, it does simulate a hunting sequence and that they see something, they stalk it, they chase it, they might even pounce on it, but there's nothing to catch. And what that's doing is that's actually building up pent-up energy in your cat and it's not useful. So Uh while laser games, like I would use a laser on one of those exercise wheels so Mm -hmm. that the cat is, you know, chasing the laser and getting some physical exercise, but you've got to end that session with a prey play so it can bite because Mm -hmm. when it catches and bites something, either live prey in the wild or mock play prey, Mm -hmm. um, it releases a little burst of serotonin in their brain, which controls mood and sleep cycles. And, um, you know, they have done postmortem studies on highly aggressive cats and found that there are serotonin deficiencies. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very, very important that they have something to catch when they're playing and and a laser pointer, while that's kind of fun and they get exercise, it does not provide that. How about how about if you do a laser game and then have it end up with a toy that they can pounce on? Yeah. Has anybody you can even, tried that? You can yeah. even hold like a mouse in your pocket and mm-hmm. then laser them around where they're running the laser and then turn off the laser and toss the mouse so mm-hmm. they can pounce on the mouse and bite it. Yeah. As long as That's it ends in a, in a bite, then it mm-hmm. will release that energy. But if, if you don't allow them to catch and bite something, that energy just gets really pent wow. up. I think that's one really important thing that we've learned, you know, through these years, but also through your sessions, Molly, is how important that is. It really is. Now, I would imagine that not every cat has all of these deals going on, for sure. But I'm sure that every cat has some of this that they like and they don't like. Right? Yeah. Well, in generally, all of these things are things that your cat hates. So if you are doing these things, you should probably reconsider what you're doing and how you're doing it around your cat to make your mm-hmm. cat happier. Mm. Well, and if you don't care if your cat is happy, well, you're probably not listening to this show anyway. So <laughs> you then you should be you should be prepared for the behavior issues that Molly is working so hard to keep you from experiencing with your cat so that it really is a, a wonderful um, relationship that you can establish with them. Right. So that's important, right. I think. Yeah. Yep. Well, all right. This has ran long, and we went through 34 things. I didn't want to just have five things your cat hates or 10 things. I wanted to be able to just 
get out there. All the things I could think of that your cat hates. So Wow. Sorry, yeah. it was a long one today. Yeah, I didn't realize how long this was. But I've enjoyed every minute of it. I love being with you. Thank you, Molly. Yeah, thanks for being with me today. And thank you, everybody, for listening and tuning in. And until next time, keep calm and purr on. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.